Good morning, UVU. Welcome to UVU Today, a morning news podcast by students for students. I'm Matthew Daniels. And I'm Kennedy Pettingill. Today is Monday, May 3rd, 2021, and it is a great day to be a Wolverine. Oh, it sure is. So, Kennedy, how have you been lately? It is finals week and I am feeling it, <laughs> but I'm tired. Like, I feel like my immune system crashes, like, cause I'm not sleeping. Like, oh, it's finals week and I'm feeling it. How about you? Oh, I'm ready for summer. It's I've already gotten, we're already out of like the sweater weather. The sun's coming out. I can just feel it. It's in the air and I'm so excited. Me too. I'm I'm ready to not be stressed about school and be able to enjoy the great outdoors, but for sure. All right. Well, um, today you have Ethan on the podcast. That's right. Right. Oh yes. We're interviewing our own boss. He's not our boss, but he's more of the one who pretty much organized the whole thing for the podcast. He's but, dude. <laughs> yeah. So he is, He's going to be the vice president of academics for the next school year. And we'll be interviewing him on his feelings about that, his goals for the next year upcoming, and the whole process of how this happened. Because I don't think everyone knows that it's not going to be Dylan. It's going to be Ethan. And that was kind of a shock, I think, for some people. Yeah, because Ethan, I'm sure he'll explain, he didn't even run. Um, The position came open and he applied. So that's like a crazy way to get in an awesome way to get in, but it leads to the question. Like, so like he didn't like, there's no slogan for Ethan. And so my question for you, Matt is what would your slogan be if you were running? Like, would you have like, I were running. Yeah. For anything. Like it could be like, honestly, like your slogan for running for like, it doesn't have to be vice president of academics. Cause I know for myself, I would never be, you would never catch me running for vice president of academics at the school. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. Okay. Um, actually I, I'll give you, I'll give you a serious one and then I'll give you one that's just straight up ridiculous. Okay. Because this topic actually came up while I was on my mission with one of my companions uh, of campaign slogans. Okay. So for a serious one, Ooh, I, I probably, probably something with unity, right? Uh, uni, unity for, unity for change, unity for, uh, stability. Probably. That's probably what I would run under. Okay. What's your outrageous one? Not my problem. There you oh. go. That, that was the joke was, can you imagine me running for president or something? And then I just don't care. So not my problem throughout all the debates, everything. So what are you going to do about this issue? It's not my problem. Give it to someone else. I don't know if you would get elected running on that campaign. So- <laughs> exactly. That's why I would never run. <laughs> what about you? Problem. What, what about me? Yes. What would be your slogan? Oh, you know, see, this was my question. So I didn't really think about like me having to answer my own question. Something I say a lot is is oof. And I feel like I would have to like contribute that in there. Like finals week, I say oof a lot. My whole life is an oof right now. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I'd have to like incorporate that somewhere, but like make it really, make it inspiring somehow. Inspiring. How, how can you make an oof inspiring? I don't know. That's my goal in life really is like, how can I make my life that is an oof all the time? How can I make my life inspiring? 
Well, that, well that, that, is, that is a good motivational speech right there in the making. It's just, right? You, you remember back in high school, they would always bring in some motivational speaker right at the beginning of the year. And they would go through some crazy story or some just something where it seems they come out of nothing. I, I can see that. You, you speaking at our old high school, right? Yeah, me talking about my oof of a semester. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That, that would definitely be something interesting. <laughs> well, I am excited to hear um, Ethan talk about his because he didn't really get that platform and kind of talk about what he's running on and what he's excited about. All right, so let's go ahead and turn over to Ethan and see what he has to say. All right, so now we welcome Ethan Morse, the appointed vice president of academics. So Ethan, how are you doing today? I am good. I am so glad to finally be on the show. Um, you know, it's always, no, it's funny. I, I literally just made the podcast so that I could say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm on a podcast. So, but it's fun to be on the other side of it. Like, I don't know if you guys realize how much I talk because I usually like ask interviews and do questions and stuff. But like, I'm just thrilled to be here. This is fun. <laughs> well, it's, it is a privilege of mine to be able to interview my own boss <laughs> and the guy who, who asked me to do all this. So just beforehand, if any of you guys think this is rigged, it's not. We came up our, with our questions. He only knows of one of them, I think. So yes. Yeah. And it was a good, I'm excited for the question, but yeah, I pulled myself out of the, I, I delegated this, these interviews because I wanted to have some integrity with our questions. So I was brilliant. So let's go ahead and get started. First off, right. No one really knows that you were appointed the vice president because is Dylan stepped down. And so could you walk us through the process of how you were given the position? Yeah. So like you said, Dylan stepped down for personal reasons and I was thinking about applying for a Senate seat under the vice president of academics looked fun. And, um, just, you know, that, that kind of thing really interests me. I, I think academics is looked at as kind of boring, but like the students make a lot of policy here at the school. And so I wanted to be involved in that. And as I was applying, there was a check mark for like, for VP of academics. And so I talked to Karen cause she and I had talked because of the podcast and stuff. And I was like, so is this, and then she explained, yeah, that's, being filled by appointment um, by the people who were elected, they filled that spot. So they will just apply for that as well. Thinking though, I was mostly applying for a Senate seat and I applied and I got it. And so then pretty quickly, we jumped into filling the rest of our appointments, which are senators for each of the colleges at UVU. Um, we have some like PR and diversity inclusion officers, just a lot of stuff we started filling within the next couple of weeks after that. On a personal side, do you feel somewhat guilty or controversial that you took a spot that other people ran for and lost? But yeah, and that's a that's a good question. And so two things I'd say. So one, like obviously I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that I didn't run and that so that a lot of my policies moving forward, it's really important to me that I get the student's voice because they um it'd be fair for the students to say, well, my voice, you know, I didn't vote for you. Like my voice isn't represented by having you in that position. So it's important for me moving forward that I, I do represent their voices. And then ultimately I, you know, I, I didn't decide that that's how the appointment would be filled, that it wouldn't be necessarily filled by whoever ran and lost or any, or that they do another election. I think 
I don't think any of those choices would be wrong, but ultimately the, uh, which I didn't know we had, the UVU constitution decides that um, that's how that seat is filled if it's ever vacated. And so, um, which I, I think the merits of that are that the the people who make, who made the assignment do have, you know, the, the voice of the majority of the students. So, you know, ultimately I just look forward to say, okay, well, this is the situation, you know, I, I applied for it. It was deemed that I was qualified for it. And that's what I'm going to focus on is making sure that I do what the students want, what they need. And, you know, it helps because I didn't make the policy. I just stepped into the position. So speaking on that of like, because I heard you mention this before that you wanted to be able to represent the student body, like you said, and be active in that. Do you have any like specific plans set that allow you to know what the student body wants and be able to act as their advocate, their representative. Yeah, absolutely. So if you walk around school, you've got the the Senate boxes, like the the deposit slips where you can, you see a little picture of your senator for your school and you can leave feedback or that kind of thing. So we'll continue that. And then I think I want to make things a little more digital. We're going to have, you know, surveys are, you know, email surveys are always good. We're going to have a few ways that we're, we're actively reaching out to students. So that way, we're not just waiting for the students who are more inclined to reach out to us, but we're getting, we're hopefully getting more feedback from everyone. And then I like the idea of having some sort of town hall, whether it's virtual or whether it's on kind of a rotating schedule throughout all the colleges, but that students can show up and ask us questions directly, right? It's easy to, I think, lose sense of the humanity at stake. And what I mean by that is like, if you write me a piece of paper and I send you an email, like that human connection can kind of easily be lost. And so I think to um, be able to, you know, either physically or at least virtually show up, ask questions and get direct answers from your, you know, as a student body, getting answers from their representatives, I think makes a big difference. So that's where my mind is headed. And obviously we'll see where the school year takes us, but that's some of the things that I'd like to see. Awesome. So along with extending communication, right, going on, is there any other any other goals, any anything else that you want to improve with as vice president of academics? Yeah. And so I'm gonna be a little vague because I'm still seeing where my influence reaches. And so a few areas that I'd like to improve. So for listeners of the show, one of our episodes was about like women's safety at college campuses. And that's one area I think that there's always room for improvement and that I'd like to look into to see like, do our students, especially uh, women at the school feel safe and what, you know, what areas do they not feel safe or what areas can we improve on so that everybody feels safe? So that's one area. And then um, I also play a big part in who comes to the school to speak. So I would like to, you know, I mean, obviously get speakers that students are interested in, and uh, yeah, there, there's a fine line between like big names that everyone kind of recognizes and then, you know, smaller names that might not matter to a majority of the school, but that for that specific department would mean a whole lot to hear from. And so that's one area too that I want to focus on is balancing between having big names that everyone's excited for and then people that really impacts their lives because of how specific of a role they've played in their life. Right. So could you give us some like examples like of people that you would invite to, to speak at the school? 
Yeah. So um, one person, okay. So like a big name. So like, and maybe it's only a big name because of the circles that I go through, but um, it's like Ryan Smith. He, he bought the jazz. He's a successful business guy here in Utah. Uh, started Qualtrics. So, you know, everything that we take our quizzes and stuff on all those surveys, like that's, that's the guy. Um, he's like, I see him as a bigger name. Um, obviously business students would be interested in what he had to say, but like, you know, I'm sure everyone would love to hear from him. And so that's one that I would like to have. Another business related one that is probably not as big and well-known, but that I think people get a lot of value from um, this guy, Dan Price. He, he was famous for, um, so he, he established his company, a, a living wage, and he cut his millionaire salary down to that wage. So everyone at his company was making at least, I think it was $75,000 a year, but he, he cut his pay in order to make that happen for his employees. And then his company saw growth. He, and they still have, so they've done very well from that. So he's got an interesting perspective of like, when you invest in your employees, uh, you know, they, they do better and it's, he's got a cool story behind that. So that's one where I'm like, I think the business students would really benefit from that. And again, I haven't reached out to these people yet. And that's what I'll be doing over the next couple of months is trying to coordinate with, you know, people getting here and budgets and stuff. But that's a one where, you know, maybe the whole school body isn't like super interested in that. But I think business school students probably have heard of him and I think would really benefit from having him come speak. For sure. I would love to hear someone that has that sort of perspective because that's definitely against the norm when it goes to the business, at least from my basic understanding, which is absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah, that would definitely be interesting. That'd be something that I would probably take time apart to, to go and listen to. So another interesting thing. So COVID came and it pretty much knocked everyone last year in the student body kind of off their feet and threw them off balance a little bit. It was so unpredictable. There were some new problems that arose. I'm pretty sure someone can make the general estimation that that did happen. Are there any specific COVID-related problems that came that you're going to have to tackle this year to resolve? Yeah, so I, I sit in on a lot of faculty and staff meetings. And I think, and again, this is where I still need to see like how much influence I do have. Rather, I'm just you know sitting in to, for the information or if I'm actually influencing decisions. But I think coming back to school is going to be weird for everyone. I think there's students that have gotten used, and again, these are just assumptions, uh, but I'm assuming that there's students that have gotten used to this. I can stay home and watch my classes. And, you know, it's, I guess, a question of, are these classes still going to be hybrid classes? Like, are you, because this semester, any class you wanted to take, you could take online. And I'm assuming that's going to go away in the fall when restrictions are lifted and we're able to come into school fully. And I guess I'd assume that the staff feels the same way as well. It's probably easier to teach from home some days. And so um, questions of like how that dynamic is going to work as we come back to school. So I, I don't know if it's a problem that's come up from COVID, but I think the resolution of the of what we implemented during COVID, um, I would assume I will at least be part of the conversation and be helping uh, find solutions. For sure. I've only taken online classes and <laughs> it's been a struggle sometimes, but it'll definitely be really weird going back like to in-person, having to sit through a lecture, take notes and be able to have that pre-class like chatter with everyone. While yeah. teams, you just kind of uh, show up in your camera and your 
is on mute, like your camera's turned off, your mic is on mute and you don't talk to anyone. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting for sure going back and we'll, we'll see how that goes. And all of the other things that you would think of, like, you know, uh, Hayden is over activities and I'm sure <laughs> last year compared to this year, or, you know, our, I guess next year is going to be very different. And as far as like the activities we plan and what we're allowed to do and hopefully get a lot of people more involved and more social. Cause I think I definitely felt like I was kind of in, I, I secluded myself. Uh, it was easy to seclude yourself this year. And so uh, it's, I think it's time for all of us to break out of our shells. For sure. All right. Now, uh, there were some things that Dylan ran on. I'm pretty sure you remember this because you're the one who actually interviewed him here on the podcast. He was the very first one we did of all of the candidates. I thought it was kind of funny when I went back and <laughs> looked at it. You were the one who actually interviewed him. He mentioned a lot of kind of the stuff that you're running on of like being able to reach out to students and give them opportunities to run, right? To, because that's kind of how he got involved and he went on his story. Is there anything else that Dylan ran on through his campaign that you're hoping that you, that you can also carry on through the next year? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the biggest one that stuck out to me was, you know, getting student feedback and student involvement. And I thought he, because he was a senator last year. And so he, you know, has that perspective of, um, we're, you know, working directly with those students and with those representatives. And I think that's probably the, the biggest one that I would continue off based off of what he ran on. Cause I, I think that's the way we might've gone about it differently, I guess could be different, but I think ultimately that's, that's the goal of this position, right? Is to get the students feedback, hear their voice, and then, you know, fight for what they need and make that happen. Another thing that was very common throughout pretty much every campaign that happened was this topic of diversity, right? Mm -hmm. It's the big topic in pretty much every organization all across the nation right now is being anti-racist, diversifying employees, being inclusive, reaching out. But is my personal opinion that there's a lot of people that don't fully understand what it means to diversify and to include. And they kind of just say it to play along, um, but nothing gets changed. So to see if you really understand it without using the word of diversity or inclusion, can you tell us what specific changes you will make to what we already have? Absolutely. Kate. And this is the question I saw beforehand. So I did get to think about this for a while before I cut off the words diversity and inclusion. Um, I was reading today, Utah Valley has a, there's a rating, there's this, you know, you can rate all these schools, both in Utah and across the country. And UVU has an 80 in ranking. So like 80 out of hundred on diversity of the student body, as far as like uh, ethnicity. And that's, I mean, far and away, the most diverse school in Utah and one of the higher ones in the country. So that's pretty cool. The reason I think we all as candidates and, you know, a lot of our applications that this came up is because we are naturally diverse. So now let me put that word away. And one of the questions we asked that I think, so we, we asked these questions to our applicants that I think really gets at the heart of it is what's the difference between representation and advocacy? So if you were to say, I, I think how we all think of, and it's hard not to use the D word, but <laughs> how we tend to think of that is as representation. If you look at a group of people that are the leaders, um, so we'll take the Senate, 
that we have right now. For example, our senators come from a lot of different ethnic backgrounds. I think it's like six to three women to men. Some of us are from different countries, different states. So that would be kind of that basic level. And where I would say this is representative of the school. So now the real test for us is to say, well, okay, there's, you know, those, those words that we say over and over that I would say is like the representation because it's there. But then the question then is, are we advocating for students? And then you ask for some specifics that will do that. I think step one is to have that representation. I think representation does matter. And now what we'll do is fight for those students that we're saying that we are or that we're promising to represent. And I think it is good to represent, obviously we need to represent different genders, different ethnicities. I think then taking it steps further, you know, backgrounds, if people come from, you know, we, we probably have rich students who, whose parents are paying for their education. That's, that's fine. And then you have students who probably had to work for everything in their lives. And so it's important that we're aware of those things and how different policies at school could affect those different people. I think, so one of our senators, Alondra, she's a, a sign language major. And I hadn't even really thought about that side of diversity, but there's students who have different needs. And then even a step past that, students learn differently. And so if we're truly being, if we're truly including, oh, there's inclusion. Man, if we're truly being, I'm just going to use advocates, I guess. If we're truly be, being advocates for all of the student body, then we got to be thinking about all those people that we wouldn't normally think about. And then for specific policies, I mean, I do want to look at, you know, do do students that have, you know, are blind or deaf students, do they have everything they need to get the same quality of education that I'm getting because I don't have those things? And are we, you know, are if I'm someone who just learns differently, are there teachers I can go to or are there courses I can take that help me learn the way that I learn? And I think we do have a lot of that stuff, but I think um, to to shore it up or make it more readily available is one area I really want to work on. Yeah, is it's a difficult question, isn't it? When when you can't use those words, it is, and I think they're positive concepts for sure. Like it's good to be diverse and it's good to be inclusive. And I think again, I think UVU is really naturally that way, um, especially compared to you know a lot of I mean all the schools in Utah. I think we're far ahead, <laughs> better at those things. Um, but then now that you know, that's where I go back. Now I feel like we are representative. Now will we be advocates and will we include people that we maybe normally don't think of when we think of diversity? For sure. Are there any groups like and specifically that you see are disenfranchised within the school that are kind of take priority in trying to resolve the issue? Or is it all kind of broadband? Everything's kind of the same. We just need to bolster it. Yeah, that's a good question. And I definitely need to, because again, I've never like I, I know there's resources because at the end, at the bottom of every syllabus we have, um, there's they say if you have other needs, please contact this office, right? And that's so if you need a translator, if you need just something like that additional. So I know it's there, but I, it's not something I've looked into because I haven't ever needed to look into it. So that's where it's going to take both me going to the infrastructure of the school and look saying like, okay, how how are we doing? Do we need more? And then also asking those students that are using these services saying, is this helpful enough? Are you, or is this, you know, could this be improved? Where could this be improved? And then, so, so I don't know if really where the level is at there, to be honest, but that's one area that I'm going to focus on and see how is it and see what 
I can do to help out the situation. Awesome. I'm looking forward to, to next year. I don't know about you. And then do you have any closing remarks that you want to share with the student body, anyone that's listening to this that gets shared out to? Yeah. Again, like I, I understand I wasn't elected and that's something I, you know, it, that that's always going to be at the forefront of my mind because it's important to me that this, you know, this was intended to be an elected position and I'm here to fill it and do the best that I can in the year that I have to do what I think is good, but also do what the students need. And yeah, I, I promise to do my best. And I've got a lot of great people around me that I'm really excited to work with. And yeah, we're going to do a good job. Uh, where can students reach out to, to contact you with needs, questions, suggestions? Absolutely. So easiest place is Instagram. We all love Instagram, but let me uh, see my, I think I've got an underscore. No, I don't. My Instagram handle is so at and then genuine bamboo. And there's a story behind that. And, but that's my, that's my handle right now. You'll see my little picture and my name and all that, but at genuine bamboo, that's me. All right. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to hear the, that backstory sometime. It's, it's nothing too deep. I just, it was on a pair of sunglasses, like etched on the side. Like that was, I was like genuine bamboo and I just suck with it. And that's, <laughs> So where it came from, so. <laughs> Usually people put a lot of thought into their underscore. Their, their app. Mine, yeah, mine came to me for sure. Thank you, Ethan, so much for joining us. And we look forward for this next school year. Yeah, sounds good, Matt. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to UVU Today. For more on what's happening on campus, you can follow UVU Today on Instagram at UVU Today. As always, please subscribe, like, and follow UB Today wherever you get your podcast. Share it with your friends. Let's get the whole school to listen to us. And a slight plug, today was Ethan, and we're going to be interviewing for the rest of the week a couple more of the student body officers for next year. So be sure to tune in tomorrow and have a great day, Wolverines. Adios. Bye.